everybody. Get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. PRE is proud to announce the new date for the Northwest Safe School Summit. Reschedule for Saturday, April 24th. That's Saturday, April 24th. Go to the website event page for information. Space is limited, so don't wait. School board elections are coming up in several states, including Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Texas. Let's work to recruit candidates for one of the most important local elected boards. Contact Parents' Rights in Education for more information. ParentsRightsInEd.org Hey everybody, it's Suzanne Gallagher. It's been a week since I learned of Rush Limbaugh's passing. It wasn't a complete shock as we all knew he was fighting stage four lung cancer. But I'm devastated. Between President Trump's election loss and other local political disappointments, Russia's passing is especially hard. According to EIB audience models from iHeartRadio, a report released in 2020 projected the Rush Limbaugh show received 43 million audience members listening in the span of a three-hour show. That's incredible. It's just phenomenal. This is what Rush said about the report on his show. By the way, the audience just keeps expanding. Now up to 43 million listeners, the EIB network. Uh, it's estimated according to our latest model run. There are models, and we run them. 43 million people tuning in at this very moment. So did you just say, oh, I just got a text. Did you just say, something about 43 million listeners? <laughs> I said, yes. Our latest model projections show 43 million people. Look, all 43 million don't listen at one time. That's over a three-hour stretch. The average time spent listening to this program is like two hours and 28 minutes. But you don't know, folks, because you don't know radio survey models. But that is phenomenal. The average time spent listening is like two hours and 25 minutes. I mean, nobody comes close. But the latest model runs that we have, you know, we run them ourselves, shows 43 million. That's up from 42.5 million last week. Would the number go down if people started going back to work? No, there's no flattening of the curve here at the EIB audience. It doesn't happen. We've been here for 31 years, and that has not ever happened. 
When this program started, when it was early days, 1988, some of the initial objection was, well, Rush, who's listening? The only people listening from noon to three are people on welfare. Everybody else is working. I said, no, no, no. We're going to revolutionize it. You wait and see. And we turned radio prime time into noon to three. See, your question is, when people go back to work, will they stop listening? No, they will listen at work as they have been doing for 30 years. I have listened to Rush Limbaugh for more than 29 years. The Rush Limbaugh show had its nationally syndicated premiere in 1988. Rush entered the Portland market in 1992, shortly following a brief run by a local conservative talk show host, Peter Weisbach. I was desperate to bring conservatives together, and it just made sense to start a fan club for Weisbach complete with membership cards, mugs, and car window stickers. We hosted local events with Wiseback as the keynote. It was great until the station flipped to country music. I didn't take long to decide Portland needed a new conservative icon, a good friend and fellow Eagle Forum member, Robin Rieger, and I formed the Ditto Society of America, in 1994. We announced it in a press release sent to the Associated Press. Now you have to understand, we didn't have email then, we didn't do texting or social media. But news traveled fast and the announcement was broadcast by radio stations all across the country. How fun was that? We had so much fun promoting Rush with membership cards lapel pins, bumper stickers, and logo mugs. We put on events displaying a life-size cutout of Maha Rajneeshi, a play on Rajneeshpuram in Central Oregon. The first Ditto Blast was held at the Shiloh Inn in Portland, featuring a liberal look-alike contest. Liberal look-alike. Guests came dressed in medical garb, portraying socialized medicine. Yes, it was introduced by Bill and Hillary Clinton. And of course, there were several couples representing the president and his more infamous wife. It was hard deciding who had the best costume. Miss Oregon sang God Bless America and broke every glass in the room. I was a frequent guest on the local Sunday TV show, Town Hall, taking the hot seat for conservatives. I was thrilled to represent the Ditto Society of America in Rush Limbaugh. My husband was harassed at work for my involvement and appreciation of Limbaugh. Later, when I ran for the Oregon House in 2004, a Tiger Tualatin School District school board member wrote an editorial piece slamming my respect for Rush. Those who criticized Rush usually never listened. His humor made learning of the daily leftist attacks on our freedom and liberty palatable 
If anyone questions Rush's ability to entertain, allow me to remind you of his many nicknames. El Rushbo, the Maha Rushnishi, the doctor of democracy, a weapon of mass instruction, harmless, lovable little fuzzball, and all-around nice guy, and America's truth detector and anchorman, with talent on loan from God, and half of his brain tied behind his back just to make it fair. He was having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. And we could tell he was having fun, and boy, were we too. The local radio stations saw our efforts as free advertising and promoted our events on air at no cost to us. We didn't have the money to pay for it anyway. One day, I received a call from Kit Carson, the show's producer. He was not happy. He shouted, and told me in no uncertain terms, if I cared about Rush, I would stop. The fact we did not use Rush's name in deliberate avoidance of any copyright infringement seemed to agitate Carson. We weren't going to stop, and soon the local radio station explained they could no longer promote our Did a Society of America events, and we simply were not in a position to raise capital and could not continue. I was touched by Mark Levin's comments during his show, Liberty by Levin. He loved this country like nobody I've ever met before. This is Levin talking. He was an incredibly wise man, a very smart man, and a dear person. If he thought somebody needed help, he would help them. Nothing like what the liberal media has tried to do to him. And I just want him to be remembered the way he should be remembered. A tremendous patriot of this country. He refused to accept the attacks that came against this country from within. He refused to accept the ideological changes in this country. And he defended the traditions of this country, and he spoke for tens of millions of us, said Levin. Levin is right. Rush Limbaugh never wavered in his dedication to our nation in the U.S. Constitution. He knew what it says and applied those principles to every issue of the day. He was consistent. People could count on his integrity. And that's why he was so popular. And that is why conservatives today continue to fight for those principles, the principles Rush espoused. The Constitution is just as sound now as when it was written. Individual prosperity depends on individual freedom and free enterprise. 
It's ironic. Rush's theme song, bumper music, is titled My City Was Gone by the Pretenders. It was a parody that came true in 2020. Liberal policies will never afford individuals with opportunity and the highest standard of living for the greatest percentage of citizens in any other nation in the world. We watched our cities burn, private property destroyed by so-called protesters, and small business owners lose livelihoods built over years of sacrifice. I will always stand for our nation and its principles. Let's not forget what we learned from our radio inspiration. Rush Limbaugh, we cannot give in and we cannot give up. Thank you, Rush. We will never forget your contribution. And this is Parents' Rights Now. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, nonprofit organization. We rely solely on donations from individuals like you to maintain basic operations. Your gift in any amount is critical in the fight to restore parents' rights and protect our children. Parents' Rights in Education has chapters in Alaska, Arizona, Illinois, Oregon, Texas, and Washington. Visit our website for information about forming a chapter in your state. Fill out the Join Us form. Indicate that you have an interest in forming a chapter and we will contact you. Thank you for your support.